0: I had no idea this was a thing, but if you go to an Olympic Village, Team USA will give you a bunch of USA pins to to to, to trade so that you can get to know other athletes. And uh, here's my little lanyard that I would wear everywhere, you know, on, on campus. And I I was trading like crazy. You know, I got here a little Brazilian team, US, uh, team Brazilian one, team Canada. This one's team Chile. This llama is Chile too. I like the llama a lot. Another Canada. I got this from one of the uh, the, the military guards. She was kind of cute, too. I think that's why she gave it to me. <laughs>
1: <Just> <laughs> what is up, everybody? It is a win-is-a-win win podcast hosted by myself, Matty B., H Double and Sam Cookie and today we are pleased to announce that we have a guest probably the first time in three or four months probably at least um, at least three or four uh, maybe closer to that six month. but our guest today is Dallin Shirts, and he goes to BYU uh, also known as Brigham Young University and is on the track and field team mostly the field team as he is a discus thrower for BYU. So we are super excited to have him uh, here today. Um, I got connected to him through uh, one of my buddies and we are so grateful and thankful that he's able to come on the podcast, talk with us for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. We get to know a little bit more about him, maybe throw some jokes here and there and uh, hopefully everyone likes this episode. Uh, So with that, um, Charles, Sam, anyone else, take the floor.
2: I I forgot to to mention that you were just learning our names, but we also have nicknames on the podcast, so you don't have to feel uh inclined to call us by that. You can still call me Charles and Matt, Matt, but we do have nicknames, so that was Matt was what Matt was saying. But don't feel pressured yep, to, sure. to call us that. So, sure. but uh, I'm I, H double. I the nicknames already.
0: No
3: yeah. <laughs> it gets confusing. Matt has, like, five different nicknames at this point. But, uh, Don, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience for a little bit?
0: Oh, okay. Um, I'm from Oregon. little town called Banks, which is, like, an hour west of Portland. Kind of like – you if you've if you seen The Goonies, I live about 45 minutes from Astoria, which is where The Goonies was filmed. Um, Tillamook Cheese? I started – yes I, oh yeah um, okay yeah i got gotcha. you yep yep i grew yep. up like 30 40 minutes from tillamook so it's, it, it's a city people aren't very aware of that there's more cows there than there are people um <laughs> and that was actually in our school district growing up in, in high school so we had astoria tillamook um us banks and like two other schools for a so small town we'd go there all the time for competitions and track meets. It was, it was was fun to, you know, drive into the the valley and all of a sudden you smell cow, cow feces. (laughs) Um, And you're like, Oh, we're almost there, you know, and five minutes later you pull into the school and right next to the track at Tillamook, there's this huge ass cow field, just full of just cows eating and pooping Um, (laughs) while we're competing. You know, it's, it's a, it's an experience, a unique one. Um, uh, So that's, that's always fun, but yeah, no. After after high school, I graduated in 2015, and then went on my mission for the Church of Jesus Christ uh, of Latter Day Saints that is in, in in Brazil. Then after that, um been at BYU since, just kind of plugging away. So, who? Uh, would uh, like I don't to... know what else. What else? Yeah, needs sorry, to we... that introduction. We're
2: a little rusty with the uh, interviews or having guests on again. I- I'll go ahead and. What, uh, we'll just start back with the basics in terms of discus, what got you involved in this sport and what, you know, what, when did you kind of know that this might be something you want to pursue at a higher level?
0: It's a great question. Um, so I took this class by Craig Manning. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's a performance psychology and, um, kind of what I quote from him as far as what got me into the sport is you enjoy what you're good at and you're good at what you enjoy. And I think that's kind of a kind of applies to most people, especially at this level. Like they realize they're good at it, even though there's lots of other sports that could participate in. But they're good at this one. So they ended up enjoying it more. Um, so that's kind of the the like cloud view, the, the intricacies of how it happened, though. Um, that's a fun story. So I actually wanted to be a 400-meter runner. I always thought that uh, breaking 50 seconds on the 400 was just like a colossal achievement. Um, and it's just such a simple mat- like lap race. You just do, do one time around, everyone stays in their own lane. You, you start and you finish at the same location. It's just so simple. My brain liked it quite a bit, even though it hurt. But right before track season started my sophomore year, I, uh, I was playing chair soccer with my cousins and I got out and I guess I got a little angry and tried to go kick the ball, but there was a, there was a, an immovable object in the way of the ball that my foot hit instead of the ball. Um, and because of that, i had a compound fracture in my middle toe and my right foot. This is about a f- two weeks before track season started. So I was in a boot, they did surgery, I had like two pins in my, in, you know, my toe um and so I was like well if I can't run I guess I'll throw so I just threw in a boot all season um and my boot came off like a month before the season ended so there's a few track meets before districts and I PR'd by like 40 feet um and then at districts I made the I made it to state top two and then at state I accidentally got third and PR'd again there and I was like hey this is kind of fun I like to win um, and then after that, I guess, I guess it's all history from there. But yeah, we like all, to win too. So yeah, <laughs> I think everyone does. Just a, just
1: there... a, a clear a clarity question for you, um, Dallin. First off, I have had that class with Craig Manning, and he's very good. Uh, but second, uh, on your you, right, you you had a goal of fifty seconds. First, how close were you to? um that 50 second mark in the 400 and second how grateful were you to not have to run anymore and just do discus practice
0: um (laughs) i so my senior year i still ran the 400 even though i i was very decided on on discus um i i played basketball I, i i did cross country junior year like i was still very active um but because of that, I, I actually got pretty close. I, I ran the 4x4 my split time with 50, was 51 seconds, which for a discus thrower isn't bad. Um, I couldn't do that nowadays, but it, it was uh, at the time I was pretty excited. And uh, I actually almost did football. But I decided I wasn't running enough, so I quit and did basketball or uh, soccer and, and cross country instead, which were the same season in Oregon. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I,
3: I've never taken that Craig Manning class before, but I've heard it a few different times. Uh, those are really good words to live by with like sports psychology. Uh, whenever I was in uh, like freshman year in high school too, I definitely took those words to motion too. Whenever my my grandparents introduced me to bowling as well, it's kind of the same kind of genre of weird, kind of less notable sports. But uh, it was definitely kind of endearing to hear. Like once you kind of get the rhythm of things and you get good at it, just like discus, you can kind of enjoy it more as a sport and turn it into a career later on. So yeah,
0: well, I mean, career probably not. There's not a lot of money in throwing, but uh, a passion for sure. And hopefully, you know, it takes me places. It already that's has, true. that's true. But I'm I'm hoping for it to continue taking me places. So we'll see.
3: Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, one of those places is the Winners of Win podcast. So you're going <laughs> far.
2: <laughs> I I gotta ask, were you were you a bucket in basketball? A bucket, yeah. Like a post? No, like could you get buckets? Like
0: Yeah. Oh, I Were dunked you? once. My last game. It was it was the last home game. The crowd went wild. It was really fun. Um, was it like off
2: a lob or how it was off the a breakaway? Level. So okay. so
0: it was just a past turnover, and I was already on that end of the gym and he saw me and threw it to me and I just went up. And uh luckily my mom got it on camera, so so we actually have that moment recorded, but it was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, no. During basketball season, I, I was I was more the the hookshot kind of guy. I'd, you know, some some games I put up 25 points just around the post. Ooh, a little Kareem action, a little old school. Yeah, you know, like boom. And then, you know, just like moving around, yeah. getting around those defenders. They pushed me around a lot because I was 190, but, you know, yeah. I was nimble on my feet. I couldn't dribble to save my life.
2: i mean you did say post so you know just feed you down there and let you go to work and that's all you gotta do
0: yep yep it was fun i miss those days i uh i admit i cried at the end of our last game ever (laughs) because i knew i'd never be on an organized basketball team ever again so
2: yeah i feel on, on that i i wanted to ask you though this so you know discus for me. And I think a lot of people, you kind of understand, like, if you watch it, you like, you know, I, kind of know what it it is, but I feel like I really don't understand discus. So could you explain the sport to me a little bit more being someone that competes in it and kind of all that goes into, to the sport, because I'm really
0: curious to hear from your perspective, being an athlete in it. I'll do my best. So, um, like most field events in track and field, You have three attempts, and these are the prelims. And if you place in the top eight or nine, depending on the meet, it can be eight or nine, um, then you get to finals. And for most field events, the finals are the exact same day right after the prelims. Um, And the finals is just three more throws. Now, the rules is you enter through, you, you can enter into the ring. In any direction, but after the throw leaves your hand and it lands on the ground, you have to exit through the back. So you have to wait for it to land, which is uh, something I didn't realize until I started to throw far. The disc stays up there for a good amount of time. So you just have to wait for it to land and then you can leave. I I got a scratch once because I left too early. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> I was really annoyed. Um, and then afterwards, I'm like, I guess that's a good problem to have um, if you're throwing far enough that it takes longer for... For the disc to get to the ground first, um, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have that problem than than not. Um, but that's kind of the general rules. Officials vary. Sometimes they're annoying. Sometimes they don't know what they're talking about. Sometimes they uh, prioritize the wrong things. And sometimes they just are, are are great. So that's kind of a wild card sometimes. But I mean, usually big meets like NCAA meets, we have we, we, we don't have too many issues. Um, now, are you asking about the technique? Cause I could, that's a rabbit hole, you know?
2: Well, how big of a rabbit hole are we talking here?
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, I could sum it up, uh, pretty well, but boy, could I, could I keep going? Um, all the things that I'm working on my technique, I would say that discus throwing is like 80% technique and 20% strength. Um, some people w- would argue about that, saying that, "Oh, I think it'd probably be sixty percent technique and forty percent strength." But I think when they say that, they're kind of they're kind of thinking of outliers who are just freakishly strong and still throw far. But I would argue against that. That even though they're outliers, they still have enough technique to to throw it right. Um. But let's see yeah um gee as far as technique goes what do you guys know of throwing let's let's just
1: um well know fun where fact, i need to start at fun fun fact i don't know if even charles or sam knows this um
0: but in seventh that a grade an american sweatshirt you're wearing what'd you say
1: oh it's like an olympic team one. Oh, so, yeah okay. um so, for I don't think Sam or Charles knows this, but in seventh grade, uh, we were able to do track um, back in our middle school. And they all know me as the cross country, like soccer kid, which is true. But I always wanted to do discus. So, I actually did like one season of discus. I never threw it in a meet, but I did do some of the practices. So, I do know some of the technique, granted, this is seventh grade knowledge, so your knowledge is, uh, let's see, 1,000% better. However, I do know a little bit of the technique. Um, obviously, um, I know that weights are a little different. Uh, I can't remember what the weight is for the women and for the men. Uh, shop put's a lot easier. I think it's 8 pounds for the women, and is it 12 or 14, I think, for the men, um, but for the discus... You have to kind of, you can't like grasp it like this because that will make it not throw. It's kind of like a, you have your palm really outstretched, but kind of like the fingertips on it, maybe on the edge, I believe. But then what they taught us is you have it here and you do one, like two pumps. And then on that third one, that's when you really twist your body and almost do like two or three circles. And then you want to let it go right as it gets to like that apex point and you hold it that's about the most technique i know but that's about it for me
0: we're gonna get into that uh first i'm gonna find my olympic jacket i need to be matching with you real quick (laughs) (laughs) matt i did not realize that
2: you did throw that you're right that's a fun fact what was what were your marks in practice
1: oh boy i think when i threw i was at like 45 maybe 50 feet Remember, remember in middle school, I was like five, what, five, one, five, two, like hundred pounds, maybe like, <laughs> I do agree. It is mostly technique. However, <laughs> I when was
2: all, <laughs> so about 45. So that's about, you know, 13, 14 meters. <laughs> maybe. I just, just, you know, I was looking, you know, research, you know, we got down here you know, throwing around 60 meters, but mm-hmm. So, you know, you're about 15, 30, you're about one fourth of the way what he got or gets, you know? So, (laughs) well,
1: how this? I'm glad that Dallin is getting that much more than me.
2: um, And why he's, that's actually, this is the perfect. I think I should ask this question now while we're on this. I was going to ask Dallin what he, ooh.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. I got this a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, well, we got to talk about that. So, just this, my friend, is the old Pan American right here. You see that? Pan American Games. I don't know if you can read it.
1: <laughs> so for, for so for people watching the video or listening, Dallin did compete in the Pan Am Games for Team USA. Uh, myself, Maddie B, bought this uh, at Ross uh, for about <laughs> five bucks, and I have gotten so many people asking me what sport did I play in the Olympics. So <laughs> if you ever feel like if you ever feel bad and you ever want to just you know go somewhere and have people ask about you. Go to Ross, find something Team USA Olympic wear and go. But just know you will disappoint people unless your name is Dallin who actually do yeah. go. So pretty cool.
3: It's a pretty awesome jacket, though, still.
0: So. Yeah, I like it. Yes, yeah, so that's that. I think that is from the 2016 issue. They uh, change it every Olympic year. So next, next year, the, the USA garb is going to be different.
1: Yeah, so this one, I don't know if you can see it, but it's the 2020. It's the Tokyo one. So. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Yeah, I was going
0: to ask real quick,
2: uh, since Matt was talking about his past experience <laughs> being a discus thrower, <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, you know, what would you say? You can use me as an example here as an average person, an average Joe. If I stepped in right now and did a discus throw, how far am I getting it? I'd say uh,
0: maybe 20 meters. Maybe, maybe. Okay, I was just curious um, what
2: what the average person like. If I tried this, how far would yeah, I get? Yeah, no, no.
0: I was so 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 I was picking on picking up on some things to say. Uh, first off, you you were you're questioning about the weights. So for discus in college, the discus weighs two kilos, four point five pounds. In shot put, it weighs sixteen pounds in college, twelve pounds for men's in high school eight pounds in middle school women's is eight pounds the whole way um or maybe women's goes up in shot but when they get older i, I actually don't know i should know that but i don't know <laughs> um yeah for for men's disc it's 1.6 kilograms in high school and 2 kg in high in, in college and um the way you throw is all about your legs and your connection to the ground so we're going to go down a quick rabbit hole. I'm not going to bore your guys' ears off, but a lot of people think that throwing is the upper body, the arms, but it's actually not. <laughs> I mean, you can get away with a little bit of a, you know, like like like, like fast twitch pec muscles on the finish, but the real, the real power comes from your quads and your hammies and your glutes. It's all in the hips. Um, And so the reason why you wind up in the back is because you want to hold it through the entire throw. So you create this tension in your core when you wind up. And the tension creates a connection with your left leg and your right arm. Right? Because there's a point where you're going to have tension where you can't really go back anymore. And so then the momentum out of the back starts with your left leg turning and you shifting your weight over. The left leg turning is actually what moves the whole body around. Right? You stay low. You always use your legs to the ring. And so when you finish and you land right here, you still have your arm way back here when you get to the front of the ring. Your upper body didn't really move at all. It's just your legs. Um and then your left leg blocks so momentum stops with your left leg. Your right leg switches around creating an even tighter stretch in your core so that you can accelerate even more in your left arm blocks and you finish right here, right? Um, the whole point is momentum and physiology. Like you're working at, with, with physics and physiology together to try to throw as far as you can. Another thing that, I mean, I mean, there's a lot that happens there and I'm really not saying probably most of what, 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 what it really means to throw, but if you think of it in physics, you're trying to create the longest path of the disc as possible while you're in the ring. Because you guys know, the longer you apply force, the more acceleration you generate. And so whatever you do, you're trying to be as long as you can for as long as you can. Say that five times fast.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. Coming in, I'm a total discus newbie. I would not have thought there's so much technique that goes into it. So.
0: You have no idea. <laughs> I don't. I do I not. Mean, right now, me and my coach have been working on the intricacies of, of getting my right foot off like three seconds faster. Or no, three frames faster if we film it. Wow. Because three frames is enough to, to, to break connection just slightly enough and cause some um, inconsistencies in my throw. The whole idea of technique is to make throwing as far as you can with the simplest amounts of movement that are the most controllable things you can do. Because you're trying to do this at the highest intensity. And so if you're having lots of factors in your technique, the more you add, the more can go wrong. So you need it to be as simple as possible. Because simplicity is controllable. And when you up that intensity, especially in meets, when you have a lot of adrenaline you know, going through you and you try, you're just trying to throw as far as you can... If you have the simple technique in granting your muscle memory, you're going to be able to control it. Mm-hmm. If you can't control it, you throw in the cage, and it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how fast you are if you can't control it. So it's all about controlling your intensity. So any changes you make in your technique, I always have to slow down, get it right a few times, and then try to increase my intensity just a little bit. And if I can control that, do it a few more times, increase it a little bit more. The idea is to be able to do it without breaking down my technique and going back to old habits at hundred percent intensity. And that's the goal that can take years. It can take months. I can't tell you how much I've been working the same freaking queue for years. It's driving me crazy, man. But when I do it right, it goes far. And so like, it, it's worth it. Yeah. The results will be amazing. That's the goal. That's the goal. So
1: do you have, a, do you have a question for Dallin before, uh, I think I definitely have a couple, but do you have a question, Sam? You have a couple
3: of spicy ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, yeah. So I think, Dallin, I think Dallin, you already specified this a little bit, but how long specifically have you been doing discus? I know you kind of talked about your background with it, but have you ever like kind of grown up around something around like discus, or do you just kind of get
0: put into what had to be done? I my my mom was a cross-country runner my whole family tended to like to run so we all did cross country um i was just very tall i'm six seven six eight depending on the day um <laughs> wow and uh and so like because i have long arms i have a six eleven wingspan <laughs> and that helps quite a bit just like what i was talking about earlier yeah. with 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 like the amount of time that you apply for so also like if you put it like a weight on the string the longer the string, the faster so that way it's going to be going. So I have mm-hmm. a natural advantage just based off of my, of my body.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. That and so when I threw real. disc, I just happened to be like, it, it was just easy for me to pick up just cause it would go farther without me doing really any extra effort that everyone else was doing in high school. So I think that helped quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from sophomore year to senior year, I'd say three years there, I took it very seriously in high school. And then two year break college and after college, um, I had a lot of injuries right after college, so there were like three years my first three years at BYU where I like never competed, I hadn't competed for five total years before my first college meet wearing a BYU uniform happened. So I was waiting a long time. Um, and uh, thinking back on that, it's kind of crazy that uh, I was patient for that long because I don't think I would be patient anymore if it were seven. Oh, years yeah, up. so. Um, but yeah, I know I eventually I threw again, and so I'd say last three years I've made huge strides in my in my throw my technique that have really just bumped me up significantly where I wasn't even imagining myself at this point now, like nice. like three, four years ago. Mm. So.
3: yeah, it's, it definitely sounds like there's a long time coming too. So when you have to perfect all the technique and all the technical things to your throw.
0: I've had a lot of time to do that, so (laughs) I guess you could say I've had a lot of practice, but yeah. yeah. So I have two questions for you, Dallin.
1: They're kind of like the same, but but different. Uh, First is, how did it feel to put on that BYU uniform that first time and actually compete? Like you said, it took you about five years to compete. So how did you feel for that moment? And then uh, I know you just went to the Pan Am Games, uh, representing the U.S., I don't know if that's your first time representing them, uh, but can you tell us how you felt putting on that USA jersey and representing the US? Were there any differences between the feelings? Like, just kind of like run it through us because uh, Charles, Sam, and I—we all love sports. Like, we talk sports probably every day. I would say I play sports like a lot of the time. Sam and Charles do too. We were—we we say you—we are like you're casual um kind of sport guys I was about to run for UVU but decided not to so I never had that college experience but you've not only done that but the level above so how was it wearing both of those like different jerseys
0: the BYU jersey for the first time I remember that meet was at UNLV the year after COVID hit so there's a bunch of regulations um our budget was tight because we had to make a bunch of cuts. We didn't have a year of football. So they just bust us down from BYU down to UNLV in Nevada. Um, and I I don't think I was able to really live very well in that jersey because I had a, a paper to write that night on the way home on the bus. And I spent the entire time in this crammed corner doing that with my with my, uh, with my phone being my hotspot, so I could write <laughs> this stupid paper. Um, but it was really, really nice. I, I do remember in the hotel putting it on for the first time and thinking like, oh yeah, finally, I'm finally throwing. And I, I threw 50 meters at that meet, or 51, I can't remember which. So my first college meet, wearing the BYU uniform, I threw 50 meters. Um, three years before that, I threw unattached, so not wearing the BYU uniform. Uh, my very, very first meet throwing with the two k disc, I threw forty five meters. Um, and then later that year, I threw fifty. But then injuries happened and yada, out of this and got get out of that. so it, it was it was great. But the first time that I represented team USA and put on a USA uniform, that was when last year, so not this year, the year before, I placed second at USA Nationals, and I was nominated to go, were selected to go represent team usa at the bahamas at an all-inclusive hotel or resort <laughs> um, and that was pretty exciting um uh it was my first time getting a usa package and i don't know if you guys are very familiar with making team usa but they send you a, a huge suitcase full of thousands of dollars of nike gear that's all usa branded and that first time i was working in pest control selling some spraying bugs i wasn't selling i was spraying and i remember when i got home after i accepted it my mom's like a huge package came for you and i'm like what i know exactly what that is so i went out and grabbed it on the kitchen floor next thing i know all the stuff is just everywhere I was opening it unwrapping it, trying it all on amazed that it actually fit because Nike stuff usually doesn't fit so that was great um so yeah no no and then you know the experience itself I had a lot of burgers on that resort because they were all free <laughs> I don't know why I remember that but I think mean, that's a highlight <laughs> uh, so, in that one, I was anticipating because I knew I would make it. So, I, I kind of knew that I was, I was, I was planning on going to the NACAC, which is what the competition was called—North America, Central American, Caribbean. So, just the North American Continental Championship. I was anticipating that meet since USA Championships after getting, getting second. Now, Santiago, Chile, I had no idea. I placed fifth this year. And the rule is, is that for these championships, they take the, the the first two people that place, they're the first person p- people that get the uh, the invitation to be selected for Team USA. Now, if they opt out, it goes down to the next person and the next person and the next person, depending on who's, who, who accepts it. And I signed up as an alternate, anticipating that I would not be going. And then I got an email the day before or two days before I was supposed to fly out saying that I was selected, that someone dropped out. And I was like, heck, yeah. Said yes. Next thing I know, I'm flying down to Santiago. I didn't even get my package. It it didn't get here in time. I just used the USA gear from the Bahamas. <laughs> just threw that in my luggage and then uh and, and then I had a friend drive me to the airport and I was I was on my way, my merry way down there. So it was fun. Yeah, and, that's... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking real quick. So there is a... Uh, where is it? I had no idea this was a thing but if you go to an Olympic village, team USA will give you a bunch of USA pins to to to, to trade so that you can get to know other athletes and uh here's my little lanyard that I would wear everywhere you know on, on campus and I I was trading like crazy you know I got here a little Brazilian team US, uh, team Brazilian one Team Canada. This one's Team Chile. This llama's Chile too. I like the llama a lot. Another Canada. I got this from one of the uh the, the military guards. She was kind of cute too. I think that's why she gave it to me. <laughs> Just... <laughs> um, what's this one? I don't know. The the Guyana one's pretty neat. Um yeah, no, all these are pretty cool. Puerto Rico. That one's fun too. So, yeah, that's kind of part of the experience, and I, I had no idea because cause that wasn't happening in the Bahamas. that happened only at the Pan Ams. So
2: that's that's I'm really cool to see, honestly, yeah. like seeing all those pins from uh, different countries, the athletes that represent. So, yeah, maybe next time you can bring bring me along if, if you're able to <laughs> <laughs> I can get some pins too, maybe and give me a pin to trade or
0: well, hopefully. I, Hopefully, I make more team. You know, U- U- U.S. teams, so that I could trade some more pins. For sure. So, yeah,
3: I'm pretty sure you can't bring a guest with you on those, though, right?
0: Uh, yeah, my coach. Well, that makes <laughs> sense.
3: You can't just bring some normal Joe like Charles. Sorry, Charles. <laughs> well,
1: here's thing. if you need a if you need a bag boy, there's three of us. You choose one. It's fine. It's like Russian roulette. You choose which bag boy you want. You'll get the bag <laughs> <Bad> boy. <laughs> Can do that. easy. Yeah, that's easy. I, I I even have a jacket. I look official. So
2: That's true. With, you could just sneak in, Matt. Yeah, with that jacket. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can just, you know, pop in. Like, you know, since people ask me what sport, I'm always tempted to
0: say, Oh, I was a speedwalker, you know know, 'cause
3: Speedwalker. Nice. You look department.
0: I, I know a speedwalker. His name's Emmanuel. I got to know him at the Bahamas. He's a great guy. That's awesome. Those guys uh,
1: can their hips let me tell you what those things are moving and rocking like
0: goodness gracious i did not think
3: speed walking was like a real sport it is is,
0: yeah in in fact there was a very sad thing that happened happened in santiago the race walk they miscalibrated the laps so everyone was doing like the whole race was shorter than it was supposed to be Mm. oh no which If you think about it, that's that's terrible for many reasons. One is that they don't get a time; they only get a placement because there's supposed to be a time, right? Mm -hmm. But everyone broke the world record together, so obviously something's wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the reason why that's significant is because if you like, you need a mark to get a ranking, and your ranking is boosted significantly at these big meets because placement points um, is a thing. Like the Olympic meet is like a a level G and all these smaller meets are level Fs. And if you win at the lowest level, you get 15 extra points for winning on top of the amount of points you get for your mark. What sucks is that these big meets are great places to raise your world ranking, especially if you're good and you can place these meets. So what sucks is that they all d- did well. Like a lot of these Americans won, but it didn't affect their world ranking at all. And it was the Pan Am Games, man. So, uh, kind of tragic.
3: Yeah, I mean, it
0: kind of sucks for them. Yeah. Do, do you guys know the process of what it takes to make a world championship team or an Olympic team? You gotta um, be really good.
1: Well, no. There's different meets that you have to do. So, like, so my so so my family is huge into swimming. Uh my mom swam, sister Sam, and stuff like that. So basically what you have to do is you have to be part of uh you have to get selected. It's usually called like the Olympic development program is usually a good place to start. Um but there are different like regional meets that you have to go to. Um and from these regional meets then you go into like national meets. And then I know for swimming, then the actual USA meet is in Omaha, Nebraska. That's where they host it for the uh, swimming. And then they do literally heats on heats on heats of uh, these Olympic qualifiers. Um, And at the very end for the individual events for swimming at least, it's I believe it's the top, I think it's top two. And then the third one's the alternate. And then obviously they do a relay. Relays are a little different. Um, But I believe it goes like your local, regional, national, and that's how you qualify for swimming at least. Mm. But I don't know how it is for, for track, but for swimming, that is usually how it goes. And they should be doing, they usually do the swimming ones about, I want to say it's like three weeks or a month before they actually go over. So that should be happening here next year in like July, like June, July.
0: So mm. it's a little bit different for track and field. So um you don't have to like go to meets to qualify. You just have to hit a mark to qualify for the Olympic trials. Um, so you can do that anywhere. Um, but there's a caveat. So I qualified for the for, for, for the trials, the world trials. I mean, it's the same meet USA championships, but Olympic years, it's, it's called the Olympic trials, aka USA championships. Um, to qualify, there are there is a standard to get to the Olympic trials. But once you get there, several things have to happen one you have to get into finals and place in the top three or four in your event two or three so this is bundled you need to be ranked in the top 32 in the world or you need to have the world qualifying standard to be able to go after you've placed at the olympic trials so the whole preseason or during season the whole goal is to either hit the qualifying standard which for discus is 67 meters 20 centimeters 220 feet or be ranked in the top 32 in the world and the world ranking even like i need to be averaging 64 65 i think for me to be able to be ranked in this top 32 in the world so that's what i need to be throwing on average i think or i just hit the standard and i don't have to worry about my averages at all after doing that then go to usa championships get in the top three of people who are qualified to go to the Olympics. And if I'm in the top three of those who are qualified, then I can go. So little Q, but then once you place at the Olympics trials, big Q. big qualifier. So it, it, it's a lot more cut and dry. I, I feel like it's a numbers game. You just have to be very good. I mean, they're, they're just trying to get people who don't have outliers who happen to go and just are terrible every other day they want people to represent america who are consistently good all the time mm. and so it kind of makes sense that they have these high standards but 67 20 is pretty far um we'll see what happens i'd love to hit it but it, you know you never know so yeah
2: i'm definitely rooting for you to hit it man that'd be awesome
0: it would be great i would i would love to be a 67 meter thrower um and that's not two- i think I'd I'd love to be a 65-meter average thrower as well. So both of those would be great.
1: And those championships are at Hayward Field, correct, in Eugene? Yep. And would that be kind of fun for you since you are, like, from Oregon? Like, would it be fun just to – I mean, I assume State was there as well for you maybe when you went, but do you think it would be a little bit different to go as, like, an Olympic trials type thing? Like, would that just, like – like, obviously, Olympics would be so sick, but like, if you got that one step below to that, like, would that be a pretty, like, bucket
0: list dream
1: scenario for you?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm going to make it to the trials. It's not that hard. You just have to throw 62 meters to qualify for the Olympic trials.
1: Oh, well, it's not I, that I, far.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I've, it's the same meet that I went to this year and last year to qualify for Pan Am's in Bahamas. So, you know, all I know, though, is that Olympic trials, a lot more people show up to watch. So the, it, it will be a louder audience, which is always fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Tell you what, though, nice. the Chileans down in uh, Chile. They were loud. My word. It was so loud <laughs> when I went into the ring for the first time for my first throw during the comp. I was like kind of shaking because I've wow. never competed in a stadium that was that loud. I was blown away. Oh. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's gotta be really cool crazy it was it was it was a fun experience i'm like wow okay nerves <laughs> yeah.
3: so in any so not to not to get that but so any event in your career uh what would you say what was like your all-time pr for the farthest you've thrown in what event in what event in what? oh sorry no in any event like what, mean, event.
1: what you mean because his event is discus, so you probably mean like what meet, right? Oh yeah, sorry,
0: what meat? There you go. Um, yeah. the uh the Utah Association Championships two years ago is where I threw a 64 Wow. And that's my that, that's my best. So this year I I threw 6370 70 for a season best. So I was a foot away from my PR this year, which I'm not complaining. Yeah. That's good. How are we more consistent too? So,
2: how are we doing on time, Matt? Or, we doing well, all right, or... we're
1: doing 40 minutes, but it's really up to our guest, Dallin. So,
2: I, I do think I have a, a fun little question of Dallin's. Oh, yes. Well, it's, it's not what you think, actually. Oh, okay. Because I think Dallin would crush this, to be honest. And I also don't really know what to ask because I tried to do it and I couldn't really find the right research. It was basically having you guess your stats. But I don't really know what I would ask, and you already know your PR and stuff. So like I guess <laughs> uh, I could ask you a specific meet if I wanted, but that
0: seems a little stats would be my world ranking this year is 60 60th. Last year I was 40th. So that's that that's where I finished the year in 2022. 2023 was 61st. Um in the US, I was I finished the year ranked I think eighth or six and Wow. There you go. as far as my ranking goes i mean I, I placed fifth but that's my ranking as far as how my season mm-hmm. went. right i got you i yeah. i was gonna say so it's not that
2: segment which i know i had done in the past i i would say this is a different question you know we've been talking about down the athlete but this is this revolves more around down the person so i did a little bit of research and i found online I found that it seems like I'm assuming you wrote this, but there seems like a little bio about yourself, and I happened to catch that you liked uh music writing and producing, and so I did a little more research, and I think that someone here might have released an album in twenty fifteen was this <laughs> you as uh does I need the every hour sound familiar
0: yeah i i uh i i I did that before my mission.
2: I was going to say I actually so I was on I was doing the Apple Music preview and I listened to the song that is the album cover. I listened to that title and I got to mm-hmm. say it was actually kind of nice. I like the the beat you had. So where <laughs> where is that kind of in your life right now? Music producing and all
0: um, lately I've been lazy and I haven't really touched it for a, a little bit, but every now and then I'll crank out a song um, that was mostly a project I did for. The mission but i i usually make electronic music um and it's mostly ambient type electronic music not very party
1: okay yeah, um,
0: I got and it's under it's under the guise of my gamer tag i thought that was fitting <laughs> <laughs> you know gamer tag yeah. electronic music there's you know in my mind when i when i reasoned i thought they went together quite nicely um, which is Dilly Wan. And that was that was the name I chose when I made my first RuneScape account when I was like 12 years Ooh, old. Ooh, RuneScape. Nice. RuneScape. old school yeah. RuneScape, baby. That's awesome. <laughs> nothing like the old Lumbridge soundtrack, mining for <laughs> ore and killing goblins. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that that paints like a perfect picture in my head of like what kind of like ambient music you would make then. Those kind of <laughs> old RuneScape tracks are bops, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not quite RuneScape. It's more like, I mean, I love Owl City. So you hear a lot of Owl City in my music. Without mm-hmm. me trying, it just kind of bleeds through. But yeah, makes sense.
1: So a fun little question. Would you ever use Minecraft as your walk-up song or hype-up song for you before you throw?
0: Minecraft. Minecraft's a vibe. Me and the boys, <laughs> it we is. have... We have a, a realm that we share together. Um, we haven't been on it for a while now, though. But sometimes we'll we'll get into these Minecraft craves and just go for hours and build stuff. But I'd say my walk-up thong, song might have to be Duel of the Fates.
1: Oh, Star Wars. There you go. John Williams. We like that.
0: Yep. Yep. It It's a good one. I mean, that's like the best cinematic fight of all time one of them we can't count that mustafar though also <laughs> one of the greatest
2: look how much more we learned about him just from that one simple question
0: this is awesome
3: exactly yeah no
0: i'm a i'm a geek <laughs> i'm i'm very much a geek i uh i like love star wars i just beat knights of the old republic 2 Ooh. which is a very old star wars game i've played through jedi knight academy 2 like six times seven actually more than that i've lost count um uh, <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite star wars games but uh you know the old classic yeah. 2005 and 2006 battlefront 1 and 2 or yep yeah mhm i know yep. about
2: those my my go to star wars was lego star wars oh
0: yes lego the star lost. wars yeah. the
2: complete saga on the 360 that an absolute classic yeah oh man I've been trying to find it again at stores, and I can't, and it sucks. So You have to
0: get it on Steam. Yeah, oh, yeah, right? I know. I just yeah. wish you could play
2: with friends. I think you can on Steam, can you? Or can you, you can. Yeah, Steam is Steam's great. I got a ton of games. I'm about to, about to tell my friend that right now as soon as we finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm about no, to tell them right, right now.
1: <laughs> the fun thing yeah. is, is uh, you know, it's kind of funny because we're talking to someone who potentially could be a future Olympian. And you realize that these Olympians are just like us, uh, as Sam, Charles, and myself, we all game a little bit, uh, playing some Rocket League and, you know, some Fortnite mm. all these days. <laughs> uh, but down for you, in your free time, obviously, it seems like Star Wars is kind of in that free time when you're not throwing, when you're not uh, working. Uh, obviously, you work with my buddy Brock, so I kind of know that realm a little bit. Um, so if you're not doing work and you're not throwing, uh, or school, what does free time for Dallin look like? What would you like to do? What are you doing?
0: Free time. I like to throw on the office to kind of relax. Um, I got a pretty comfortable little, little place here that I'm living in. Um, I can unblur my background. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, don't mind the mess. There's my bed behind my head, and that's my TV in my room with my Switch behind it. Um, I put in a lot of hours playing Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, maybe too many. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took me 315 hours to actually beat the game in Breath of the Wild, but that's because I was thinking off yeah. and doing other stuff so
3: that's what makes those games so fun though like oh honestly. yeah
0: no it's uh when i learned how to do bomb blasting in breath of the wild that game became infinitely more fun mm-hmm. it was it was like the more i could make the game glitch the funner it was and that's how it was with those old games that weren't as polished you just know where how to exploit it and it just it was it's a blast like one of my favorites is uh Knight. Uh or no, 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 it was a uh, um Je Academy as the main character, you can use force choke, but when you're choking them, you can move them around. and so if there was an opponent that I just didn't want to wor- like worry about or deal with or or, or beaks or too hard, I just choke them and like throw them off a cliff and then I just keep going
3: <laughs> like
0: I'm not I'm not sure that's a mechanic they really wanted players to exploit, but it's one of my mm. favorite things to do <laughs> yes <laughs> so, like ah, you know what ah, okay. Yeah, you're yeah,
3: gone. Yeah. That's always the fun with those games. Any, yeah. kind
0: of, any kind of more
3: like sandbox games like that too. Uh, those are my favorite kind of games too. And mm-hmm. I really related to that part where you talked about Minecraft. You kind of get that craving of like really being into a realm for like one to two weeks. Uh-huh. And then it seems kind of after that point that the phase of Minecraft kind of dies down and you, you and your gang kind of all split up. But every... Every few months or so, I feel like you guys always come back and play Minecraft. Like, I know personally, myself, I'm always like that, too. So, it's fun I'd, to
0: relate. I'd also highlight, when I have money, I love to smoke meat. I have a tray ground out back in the uh, carport. In fact, last Saturday, I did a Friendsgiving with the boys. Let's see if you can see that. Those are all screens. We're all playing Halo. Oh, Wow
2: little awesome.
0: chief collection yeah we had seven monitors I think five Xboxes and 14 people in the same wow in the same <laughs> game at once all oh, land so oh it was a blast. My gosh wow. a, a land party in 2023 I like to see it 2023 we had two briskets like 2 25 pounds of meat <laughs> um took, it was a 15 hour smoke way better than turkey in my opinion um yeah <laughs> Yeah, oh that gosh. was that was fun. So, that sounds like a lot I'm, of fun. I'm thinking about doing another game night with less people because I want to do some Sea of Thieves, but I want to do a land style as well.
2: Jeez, man, you got general on this, man. Just hey, and just a disclaimer for okay. all those
1: uh, myself and Dallin also went to BYU. When we say we go out and did a smoke, we're not talking about any <laughs> in Colorado. No, it's mostly we're doing meats. People love to grill out here, so
0: <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Man. Also Master Chief Collection is only $10 right now on Steam. <laughs> so, I have some I have some money in my Steam account, but that's that's so, a good plug in. So so Collection so if you awesome. don't have Master Chief Collection, get it now while the uh, autumn sale is going on. Exactly. Um yeah, cuz I I might <laughs> do some show up with my boys tonight or sometime this uh this weekend. We'll see. Steam is the best
3: for those kind of sales. I swear. I know. So, from that's Steam. Great
1: the stream uh dallin uh you know can do nil he will be a spokesman for you uh podcast (laughs) also uh we'll be able to we can we can do steam as well just letting you know if you are there
0: so (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah 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 but But, uh no outside of that that's kind of what i do i relax sometimes i'll hang out with the boys at the other apartment because i'm tired of being here And if I'm tired of being there, I'll just be here and fall asleep on the couch watching something. I fell asleep today watching Lord of the Rings. Typical. (laughs) Um, It sounds pretty nice. Yeah, no, we got a nice little TV in there that my cousins gave me. So that's That's awesome. awesome. Been enjoying that.
1: So, Dallin, before we go, um, because it is almost been an hour and don't want to take too much of your time, especially with, uh, you know, potential Halo Master Chief Edition going on, uh, cause that is very important game with the boys comes first. We all know that. Um, is there any advice or anything you wish you would have known before going on this discus journey that you would have, if so, can you let the audience know, or if they're in a rut, you know, being in the life of a college athlete and now representative of the USA, can you give us a little bit of advice and kind of ending words, uh, for the podcast for us to end on because uh, obviously you're doing it at the highest level. You've had ruts, you know, have highs, valleys, everything in between. So just kind of give us some advice, uh, but before we get off here.
0: Advice. Um, let's think. Um, I'd say probably when I coach the most advice that I give people, especially high schoolers who are trying to do what I do, is stop complicating things. Like, you know, I'll admit, you know, talking about throwing, it sounds complicated, but the execution is really simple. It's not that hard. People like to complicate things and put their body in uncomfortable positions that you don't have a lot of power in thinking that's correct because they saw some pro do it, but they're not doing what the pro is doing because they see it differently simplify it simplify everything the simpler life is the easier it is to deal with um and that goes for discus that goes for life like like the more you complicate it the more overwhelmed you feel the more anxiety that 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 that, that kind of triggers and when that triggers you just kind of get in a rut and you end up doing nothing so stop complicating things and just and just think uh, like in the most simple terms you can like for an analogy when i when i coach high schoolers and I'm like, so what are you going to do this throw? What's your cues? And they're like, oh, I'm going to lead with the knee and keep my head level and do this. I'm like, is your brain really going to keep all of those words in your head while you're going to throw for the one second that you're doing, like executing your technique? No, you have to keep it at three words. And those three words have to be very, very, very precise, but simple. Like when I throw and step in the ring, the only way that I can execute the technique that I want to is because I think like one or two words in my head. I'm like, just do, just, just stay low in the knee, low knee. That's all you got to do. So simple. Two words. So easy to execute. My brain's like, Oh yeah, two things. That's it. I can do that. I can stay low. It's just a matter of like my peripheral getting lower. Like as far as my senses go, that's what I'm signaling to my brain. That's what it's going to feel like. Right. Um, So that's, that's important. The second thing is do what you can, but don't, don't overdo it. Um, That's a hard balance to strike because people think that they need to go, go, go. The only time that you build yourself is when you're resting. That's the only time that like your recovery is so important and people just want to just bust through that and like go crazy. No, take your time, you know, like putting your hours. And when you're done putting in your hours, stop putting in more hours. If you do that, you'll just burn out uh, or you'll get hurt. That's a big thing. Injury is probably the biggest like setback that you can have in any sport. It, it's better to be smart than it is for you to just be like this ox. that just, just stop going. It's like, slow it down a little bit. It, it, it's a hard balance to strike. And I think this comes with some age and wisdom is, is knowing when to go and when to stop like, like that middle ground. It, it, it's like, it's like you either roll the one side or the other, but, but you got to just stay in the middle. If you can discipline yourself to do that, you're not going to get injured and you're going to keep increasing like your performance well. Also, another thing, I hate hearing this myth that it takes 10,000 reps. It doesn't take 10,000 reps. It takes, it takes way less than that if you know what you're doing. It's about being deliberate. So like when I see athletes trying to do something, I'm like, slow down because what you're doing is wrong and doing more of that is not going to help you do better. Like You needed to just slow down and be deliberate and this goes with life as well. Like if you're doing it wrong, slow down and give yourself some time to correct yourself and keep doing that. And then you can speed up when you have the right habits in place. So I'd say having a little wisdom, I think, um, in knowing yourself, like read yourself. That's the hardest thing. I, I'm i happy to say that I'm fairly comfortable with my own thoughts. And I know some people aren't, but like if you're able to just be yourself, then that's that's the best thing. Um, I'll throw another plug in there too. know your strengths. It drives me crazy when athletes think that they like they're trying to do something that another thrower does or in in another sport, like people are trying to emulate different people and be them. I, the reason why that, that grinds my gears is because that person that is doing really well, they have their own strengths and they knew how to use their own strengths cuz they knew themselves really well. And pe- like other athletes need to take a lesson from that to not copy what they're doing, but look at themselves and maybe do some soul searching and realize what like what your strengths are. What what are you good at? What are you good at in your sport? What are you good at in, in life? What do you enjoy? Like what is you? Take ownership of who you are. And stop trying to copycat other people because that will actually take away from your confidence in life. If you're trying to copycat an idol or another person or another thing or another idea, like take ownership of who you are, that'll build your confidence. And when you build your confidence, you're going to find yourself progressing so much faster, so much more fulfilling, um, should I put in and uh, like build off your strengths, learn who you are, like, like, that's just so important. I I realize my strengths and I, you can emulate good aspects of great people, but don't copycat them. You'll never be them. You'll be you and and who you are is just fine. What your strengths are, are good enough. They're, they're great tools for you to work with. Capitalize on those tools that you already have intrinsically, and then make the most of them. And like, it's so much better to live that way it's so much it's so much more confidence building like that's that that's where it should be at and that's my advice
2: might need to write a book man like a motivation (laughs) book that was that was some powerful stuff inspirational i hope that listeners could uh some take some pieces from that because that was really really good to hear so Mm.
0: i've i've been wanting to eventually do like episodes of my own where I talk about mental mental training to get your body to make the changes that it needs to because I know how frustrating that's been and how that how frustrating that is and one of my strengths is that I'm very bodily aware I know where like what different parts of my body are doing without having to see it visually I can feel it and that's probably one of my biggest strengths that, that, that I've been able to use to to to, to improve so quickly i know that's something that's hard for some people to develop and like and the way you develop that is just by learning about yourself and maybe getting some coordination and, and just having fun so but yeah no i'd love to do some mental mental performance like psychology episodes and and talk about stuff like that but i just haven't gotten there yet i don't know if i ever will but if i do it'd be great I I know there's people out there, especially in the throwing world, there's not a lot of a lot of talk about the mental game that it requires to be a like a good thrower, because that's that's a huge part of it. I might even add at USA's, like here's an example of that. I felt so powerful and it's so tragic that I couldn't actually use the power very well, but I was feeling snappy, like my body was very, very responsive and because of that i just shanked my first two throws so i was dead last at usas this year and your third throw right your last throw if i'm not in the in the top 9 i don't go to finals and so like i really had to double down and think about the things that i could control i can control getting off my left faster and shifting over that's all i had to do I kept thinking about the distance and what, what happens after the disc leaves my hand, which is something that I cannot control. So why am I worrying about something that I can't control? It's just draining my energy and it's causing me to throw wrong and short and a lot of issues. So I had to really double down on just what I can control. Get over on your left and get off of it sooner. And I did that and, you know, went sixty-one ninety, and I got, I got fifth. But like that was a huge lesson to me because I was in a rut. I had a hard time focusing, and you just bring it back to the circle of of of, of control where where you know you can like you have complete control over that area, and all of a sudden it was achievable. Like, yeah, my I, I was stressed after that. I just breathed. I was like, we're in finals. Three more throws. I'm good. But. Yeah, yeah, Um, huge part of the sport. Sometimes it's like the hardest battle you win is 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 inside you, not really anything else. So, yeah, there's there's my soapbox. I've talked a lot here in the last bit, but (laughs) that's all I got for now.
1: And we appreciate it. Hey, this episode, this podcast is about about you. It's, It's it's our interview with you, and you've given us some great pieces of advice some great things to think on and hopefully things that we can apply in our lives i know for sure i need to apply that the simplicity i think in in my life you know uh Mm -hmm. just not extending myself too far for you know like oh so yes to everything or do this and that right it's okay hey how can i be simple but also like you know still get the job done so no you've Mm -hmm been amazing I, I, at least for me sam and charles i don't know about
0: you but oh, I, no, I, let me hop back on my soapbox real quick to explain simplicity because i feel like i need to just do that a little bit more so i i just hope that people who want to throw discus are watching this and they like don't understand what i mean for example as a discus thrower, you think i need to have an orbit in my discus and i need to get off the left faster and i need to have a better block and you're thinking about million things in your technique that you need to do better and in my brain i'm thinking okay great it's like 10 things that you can improve in your technique. But you can probably solve six of those by just being lower. So just be lower. Boom. You solved a bunch of problems by, ha- by having a very simple solution. Like I coach my athletes and they're like, oh, I didn't do this. I'm like, well, just get lower. Like you're still up on your, like you're higher than you think you are. Exaggerate it for a few so you can feel the difference. And then you can kind of like tweak it from there, but just get lower. And like, whew, It, like, fixes a lot of stuff. I'm like, you see what I'm talking about? You're overthinking it. Like, just just get lower. Use your legs more. Or, like, just shift your weight over. Exaggerate it for the first few so you can feel the difference from what you're doing before to what you should be doing. And then you can tweak it from there. Like, it's the simplest cues. That in your brain accomplish the most complicated movements. But they're just simple. So back to you guys i'm off my soapbox i'm sorry i get really passionate yeah. about technique
2: so. we appreciate it i love
0: it man yeah
1: well uh, if there's any i don't think there's any other comments any questions from us uh we, we've definitely gone way more than what we told you we would uh we would talk with you about down so please do not be mad at us but we have enjoyed every minute of this interview um it's probably been one of our most i would say electric uh interviews and uh obviously we, we've seen the passion that you have for discus and, you know, that obviously translates to the, uh, to the track meets and to what you're doing in your life. Um, and we appreciate that. Uh, but with that, uh, this closes our interview uh, with Dallin shirts uh, on a one is a win podcast. We hope all of you have enjoyed listening. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns for us, we will link uh, all of our, uh like handles i.e instagram uh wh- whatever else we have uh we'll put what to, we'll put in uh, the youtube things everything like that uh usually that's charles and sam because they are technical guys and they are amazing uh for some reason i'm just the bum who gets to hang out with these two um so <laughs> we appreciate you guys and oh charles just something to
2: say i was gonna say yeah, don't don't say that you should feel empowered after <laughs> what we've been well, hearing I, from people. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh right you, right you after, got us this interview man you know yeah you right did. after
3: that inspirational yeah. talk by Dalen too. i mean we've <laughs> and, never been higher.
2: but yeah we're also going to link uh Dallin in our in our youtube and you know also we're going to be on spotify apple where else wherever else you get your podcast so you can go check out down as well and you can DM, DM him specific questions if you would like, because since all the stuff will be there. So,
1: uh, but we'd like to thank down once again, and uh, we're signing off for the episode. Peace.